Uh, this is Houston. Uh, say again, please. Houston, we have a problem. Okay. Here's the deal. I'm not here to waste your time. Okay? I certainly hope you're not here to waste mine. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Two little mice found in a bucket of cream. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. Be water, my friend. Welcome to Unstrategic, the podcast about digital strategy. Hey guys, I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and today we're going to be talking about creating proto-personas. Now, you probably have a question, and that is, what exactly is a proto-persona? And the answer is, it's just a type of user persona. It's not a well-known stick song. As much as I'd like it to be, it isn't. Now, I, I could have entitled the, the episode Creating User Personas, but proto-personas are specifically done through secondary research and also the creative process. So working with your team to uncover you know, their thoughts and what they already know uh, about existing customers. Now, just to give you kind of the high-level definition of a user persona, and I am taking this directly from one of the greatest resources I recommend to people, which is usability.gov. But a user persona is a reliable and realistic representation of your key audience segments for reference. So basically, a user persona is an archetype. It's an archetype of your, you know, one of your user segments or one of your target audience groups. They usually represent a major demographic. Uh, or a major demographic user group of your website and or mobile app. They express and focus on major needs and expectations of the most important user groups. They give a clear picture of the user's expectations and how they will likely use your site. And they also aid in uncovering universal features and functionality. So, um, and, and also they describe real people with, with real backgrounds, goals, and values, things of that nature. There are different types of user personas. So there are marketing personas, there are design personas, and then there are proto-personas, which we'll be talking about today. Marketing personas, which are also known as buyer personas, these really focus on kind of the buying motivations, buying concerns, shopping preferences, media habits, social media consumption, you know, where are these, where are these personas coming from, etc. Design personas focus on user goals of the website or mobile application, you know, what their current behavior or pain point is. These are usually based on field research and observation from real website users. Now, on both the marketing and designer personas, you can do things like user surveys to get a better understanding of of who your users actually are. I would say that these are great ways to do personas because they are based on primary research but you do need a budget and time to do it. Not everyone has that, so I wanna talk about proto-personas. Proto-personas, these really should be used when there is not enough time or money uh, to create real personas based on true research. They are largely based on secondary research and your team's best educated guess about who you should be designing and building for. I like proto-personas because it allows everyone on the team to at least get on the same page. Now, you will be working directly with your clients to do exercises like a day in the life, and we'll talk about that, but make sure when you do secondary research just to keep that information handy. Put it into some type of a knowledge library or a shared drive or whatever so you can show your clients.
All right, so most likely when you put together personas, you'll be doing it with a group of people. And ideally that is because it's important to have diversity. And when you're the only person putting together something, it's hard to be diverse, obviously. You have your own mental models, you have your own biases. So if you can, do this in a group of people. Work with your clients directly. Get your client's team together, get your team together, and lock yourself in a room for a few hours. So the first thing I do with my process of proto-persona building uh, with the team is start by asking questions. And I always tell people you want to look at ethnography. And ethnography is the study of cultures. In order to build accurate proto-personas, you need to look at a few different areas. The first area is the physical environment of your user. So where are your users? Are they at the gym? Are they in front of a desk? Will they be using your product or app or website on the run, away from home, etc.? The second thing you want to look at are mental models. And mental models are just an individual's pre-existing internal concept of and associations with any given institution or system or, or even a situation. What this means to you is what do your users expect? What do they expect in an app, in a website? What do they expect from the organization or the company or the brand that, that you're working with? You then want to look at habits. And I always tell people, look at habits of mind, body, and spirit of your user, right? So how does the user already solve the problem you are trying to solve for them? Habits are hard to change. So inserting a, a new hook into an existing habit is much easier than creating a brand new habit, if that makes sense. And then the last thing in ethnography is, uh, is relationships. So social networks, you know, those are obviously the intersection of human relationships and digital products, but your client's products or services will exist within a web of other relationships, human relationships, existing networks. So keep that in mind when you're building out your personas. Now, there are really two different processes depending on what information you have available. If you are working with a client that has literally zero information on their users, or let's say they're creating a new mobile app where there aren't existing users, that process will be different, slightly different, than if you are creating proto-personas with an established company or brand that has, say, analytics information on their users. So let's start with an established organization. Let's say we're working with a nonprofit and they have very little money allocated to user research and persona creation, but they do have analytics. Let's say they have Google Analytics. And just, you know, a side note here, everybody should have Google Analytics. It's it's free. Um, it's, you know, it's super powerful if you use it properly. And I'll do an episode where we dive deeper into Google Analytics and advanced analytics and, and see what kind of information we can, we can glean from it. But, you know, this is a great starting place with Google Analytics because it'll give you insight into who is already visiting your website. So get read and analyze permissions from your client. And there are really a few key areas you want to take a look at in analytics. 
So the first area is just your visitors in general. What are their demographics? What's the affinity data? What are the in-market segments? I'm pretty sure Google Analytics default to universal analytics before it was classic and you had to set up getting in uh, the, the psychographic data, but you should have info on age group, gender, affinity data. So, you know, are your users movie lovers? Are they junior cooks? Are they technophiles? And in-market segments. Now, in-market segments are simply more interest areas where your users might be buying some other services or goods. And that's a pretty good start to a proto-persona, yeah? I sure like the cut of your gibberish. Cohen doodly 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 Ned Flanders would actually make a great proto-persona. But the next area is acquisition on Google Analytics. So where are your users coming from? Because remember, this can play into ethnography and environments. So I dive into acquisition and kind of look at the overview. You'll want to know if users are coming to the site organically or by referral, or is it paid search, or is it social? If, if it is social, which, which you know, social media channels are they coming from? And then you want to look at behavior and engagement. Now, I think it's important to look at what devices your users are using. Uh, are they using mostly mobile or desktop? You'll also want to take a look at which landing pages users are landing on. Um, you know, which ones are they landing on the most? Where are they traveling to next on your site? Look at something called behavior flow on analytics. And also, what's their engagement look like? Are they spending a lot of time on the site? Or are they bouncing right off of it? And again, this will just help you get into the mindset of your users. Okay, so once you understand a little bit about your users from analytics, you can dive into a workshop with your clients and you can bring that information to the table. Now this workshop will take a similar path if you didn't have any data on your users in the first place because we are going to look at a few different areas. Now, you want client buy-in. You want your clients to feel like they are being heard. So ask them, who are we designing for? Who do they feel their customers are? I mean. They interact with people on a daily basis, their customers, so they should have a good handle on who they are. Now we're gonna look at target audience, we're gonna look at needs, we're gonna look at behaviors, and it's really about character development. Now I have a persona template that is available on the Unstrategic blog, so you can pause here if you want. You can download it on um, off of the website, unstrategic.com, and you can follow along because there's a few different points that we're gonna hit. If you're working with clients, what I would do is I would print up this, this template and I would give it to each member of the client team and say, hey, take 30 minutes and just fill this out with what you know now. So the first area is going to be background. You know, what, what job does your user have? What's their career path? Do they have a family? Are they single? What's their education level? Then we move into demographics. Now, you can get this information from Google Analytics, but if not, just make sure you know the gender, the age, the income, what location. And then you can also move into, you know, what company they work for, what industry they're in, what title do they have. And then we move into kind of like values, interests, identifiers, things of that nature. So what are internal beliefs that influence certain decisions? Um, what do they like to do? 
what's their demeanor and what are their communication preferences? Are they email, telephone, texting, Snapchat, what? Then you want to look at external influences. So things like, you know, socially, um, legally, technologically. What are their responsibilities as a user? So what, what daily activities do they do? Who reports to them? Uh, what's within their control? What's definitely not within their control? What tools do they use? So, you know, are they, are they tech savvy? Are they using tools for their, for their work? Are they using tools for their social life? Um, what systems make their jobs easier? And then we want to look at goals. So this is a major thing, right? What are their primary goals? What are their secondary goals? What do they want to accomplish and why? And then you also want to look at challenges. So what are their primary challenges? What are their secondary challenges? What pain points do they have? What problems do they face from an organizational standpoint on a daily basis? What are the things that you can help them overcome through this website or mobile application. Then you also want to look at things like objections. Uh, you know, what would prevent them from buying your service or or buying your mobile product? What can we do? You know, how how can we help them achieve their goal? How can we help them overcome their challenges? What's the what's the message there, right? What are we trying to pitch these people, either through a marketing message or through a sales pitch? And then what resources can we offer them? You know, what, what, would, they, what would they find useful? What would, what would make their day easier? Blog posts, white papers, PDFs, webinars, ebooks. Think along those lines. I always like to round off character development with writing up an actual quote, like a real quote the user would say. And it could be about the goals that they, they want to accomplish. It could be about the challenges that they face. It could be the problems that they're having. But it, it helps to contextualize the user. Now, I, I know this template is a bit long. And keep in mind that you don't have to fill out every single slot. But the more info you can give, I always feel the better. Now, for, for the sake of time and for, for the sake of the workshop, you can cull this template down to just house major goals, pain points, and behaviors. But again, the more granular you can get, the easier it'll be to design for that particular user. Once everyone on the client team has filled out their own template, you'll bring all the templates together and start lumping templates into buckets. Uh, and you want to find common themes around things like objectives and character traits and so on. Now, when you're finished with the templates, what you'll want to do is you'll want to create a proto-persona map. Now, I also put on the blog an empathy map that you can use, which is different than what I'm going to be talking about now. What I'm talking about right now is more of kind of a, a user journey. And what it's going to do is it's going to help you, the designer, design out the website. Now, the questions you'll want to ask are four main questions. The first one is, what's the main reason for the user visiting this website that you're going to build. Are they looking for information? Um, are they looking for like a contact number? Do they want to sign up for your service? Do they want to sign up for a newsletter? What's the reason for them coming to your website? The second one is how did they get there and which page did they land on? Now again, Google Analytics really comes in handy for this. Three, 
which page or section will they go to next? And four, what opportunities do we have to give this user what they want, right? Whether that's user information or a way to connect them more intimately with the brand, think about all those things. Once you've completed the, the proto persona template and then you've created that user map that's just answering those questions, you will have a, a much more defined vision of who you are designing and building this site for or mobile app for. can also do day-in-the-life scenarios. Now, a day-in-the-life scenario is simply that. It's a day in the life of your user. These are fun, and, and you work with your clients, and you leverage the proto-persona templates that you've already, already created, but you want to start at the beginning of your user's day. And what you do is you simply just ask questions. So what time do they usually get up? Write that down. What's the first thing that they, that they do when they get up? and they get out of bed? Do they, do they drink a cup of coffee? Do they check their email on mobile right away? What's their morning routine look like? How do they get to work? Are they you know, taking a bicycle? Are they taking a subway or the car? What's the first thing that they do when they get to work? Where do they go to lunch? What time do they usually leave work? Do they go out after work? And if so, who do they go with? Do they have a bedtime ritual? The point of the day in the life scenario is kind of twofold. So one, it gets you more into the mind of your users, and it, it, it really lets you walk in their shoes, so it gives you empathy toward them. And, and overall, it's just kind of a cool creative process. But two, it lets you understand more about when they'll actually interact with either your mobile app or your website in a realistic view or, or, a, or a realistic lens. I always tell my clients that they are not their users. Their users are different people who don't have the intimate knowledge that clients have about their own digital properties. And we want to create and design for them, the users, not the stakeholders. It's really important to validate your user personas, but that's going to happen over time. And as budgets become available, I would definitely recommend doing some kind of a user survey, uh, asking your users more information or questions to get more information from them and to make sure that you, you know, those, those personas you've created are still on track as time goes on. Because again, things will change. Now, things I didn't touch on in this episode were things like competitive mapping, social listening reviews, because those can be fun to do too. And don't fret, I will definitely come out with more episodes on how to do a competitive analysis and, and more strategic tactics that you can use to up your digital strategy game. So that is coming. Remember to go to the website, download the two templates. There's Again, there's one for the proto-persona, and there's also one for like the empathy map. But thanks for joining us this week, guys. And, you know, please go to iTunes and, and rate us in iTunes. Find us online at unstrategic.com. Please reach out and say hello. Uh, we would love to know your thoughts. Uh, and if you have any questions or any ideas about the podcast, don't be afraid to reach out. So I'm your host, Adam James Lamagna, and I'll see you in a couple weeks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.